Hello and welcome to Vampire the Masquerade V5, Life as a Vampire. In this episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about how I intend to prepare and also world build. So like many other people, I have experienced DMing, that is, playing the role of a dungeon master in the Dungeons & Dragons game. Occasionally, I would purchase pre-made adventures for my Dungeons & Dragons campaigns, and when I felt creative enough, I would use that format to create my own adventures. Originally, I planned to do this for Vampire the Masquerade, but I learned right away that writing out detailed descriptions of rooms and drawing uh, gridded maps uh, didn't necessarily work so well with what I was trying to do in Vampire the Masquerade. So I realized I would have to figure out a new system or a new way of doing things. So originally I looked really hard for pre-made adventures for Vampire the Masquerade. Now there's not a ton of V5 content out just yet, so I started looking at V20 stuff, and it was really cool how the books were laid out. They're basically these in-depth descriptions of cities and of certain NPCs or characters, and I guess we're just supposed to go from there. Basically, it's way, or at least this is my take on it, don't don't at me, but it seems to be way less, it seems to be far less micro and kind of zoomed out to give the storyteller more freedom, which is really cool, but also kind of terrifying if you're used to doing it, uh, if you're used to being handheld from point to point like I was in Dungeons and Dragons. So in creating my own scene, I ended up creating a ton of notes and eventually I filtered these down to some necessities but I created a battle notes notebook I had a maps notebook a feeding and hunger notebook where I could keep notes about because I really liked in the actual play podcast uh LA by night how the blood was described as something that was just delicious and I was really I really wanted to recreate that in my campaign. I wanted the blood to seem delicious and enticing. So whenever inspiration would strike, I would add notes to that. Uh, For example, I have one that was, Your hunger kicks inside of you. It's all you can do not to think of biting, drinking, and eating. Or, It tastes like a dream. Like cotton candy at a festival. It's sweet, but not overpoweringly so. It quenches thirst, it satisfies hunger, it's wonderful. Now granted, these need work, but I just wanted to have some ready because I didn't have faith in my ability to be able to explain how delicious and how great the blood is uh, on the spot. Anyway, moving on, I also had a notebook for long-term atmosphere. I had a locations notebook where I printed out places from Google Maps and just annotated them. I had a primary story uh, notebook where I kind of outlined my adventure or what a session was going to be in various scenes. I had an NPC notebook. I had a world notes notebook, a relationship map, and oh my goodness, it was just crazy overwhelming. Uh, And I attempted to use all of these in the first episode, which uh, you will hear after this. And ultimately, I learned that I needed to narrow things down a bit. I learned in the first episode that definitely the most important parts were those parts about NPCs. Uh, I didn't wind up using battle notes, but that didn't mean that they wouldn't be important later on. 
Uh, I did find that I, while I was trying to wean myself off of the old D&D style of prep, I did like having a hand-holding narrative, like an outline of my scenes with some descriptions. That was pretty nice. Uh, but by far, I got mo- more use out of my NPCs. The relationship map was okay. I think that's meant for the players, though, and not for the storyteller. But I have one for myself so I could remember who's doing what. And that's nice to, as a major when I need an overview or refresher on things. Uh, but I didn't find myself referencing it in-game a whole lot. So I did some prep, and we saw how things went. And I think it went well. But I would like to take what I learned and kind of phase out what I did not need. So I think that's what my next major thing is going to be, or trimming the fat, as it were, and having ready what I need. Also, I find that I'm really nervous before an episode, even though it's just my wife and I, I I can't seem to shake that. And I'm hoping that that will go away with time, but we'll see. I'm also a little bit concerned with how things are going to go as we're trying something a little bit new it doesn't seem to be that common to follow the vampire from the moment of embrace with every single day being part of the campaign i'm sure some people like to just uh you know work out how the embrace happened and then okay weeks later you're pretty much a vampire now but we I believe it's going to be a little bit easier of a transition for Kay if we just go through it for as long as we can stand it. And then maybe if we hit some major um, some major milestone, we can decide to fast-forward time. But so far, we're seriously just fast-forwarding the time that she's asleep. So I want to see how long I can keep that up. And I also need to figure out what I'm going to do with her husband or me. As I explained in the introduction episode, I'm not super happy about the idea of writing myself off uh, into some disappearance, and also I don't want to roleplay myself either. There may be something cool I can do with myself. I was thinking of maybe putting myself in some opposing faction somewhere, but we'll see how that goes. For now, though, um, I think we're just going to keep doing what we do. As far as the world building goes, I... I'm still working out the details, but it's been fun thinking about it. It's exactly what I hoped for. So right now, all I have is an idea. I like the idea of some rogue faction in San Diego just churning out as many vampires as possible uh, to the point where he's gone uh, maybe a little bit crazy, this leader, this vampire leader. I assume an anarch because this doesn't seem like something that would happen with the Camarilla. And even though it's hurting his own health, he's just creating as many vampires he's as he can for an upcoming conflict that he is sure is coming. Building an army of sorts and sort of setting up like a makeshift vampire boot camp in in, in this warehouse in the southern part of San Diego, which the repercussions of which we'll have to deal with at a later time. But I wanted Kay to be one of these vampires that was being churned out at this vampire mill. So for now, uh, I'm... I'm moving forward with that plot, but also I feel like it's a good chance to make Kay a vampire where, you know, I want to make her feel special as the main character. So maybe they they saw something in her, some kind of power that they haven't seen, and maybe they don't fully understand it. And she certainly doesn't understand it. And so they've been watching her for a while. But unfortunately, all of their plans to turn her gracefully and bring her in, uh, you know, cleanly and neatly go out the window when a crappy driver... Uh, crashes into her and then 
Armand, the person in charge of babysitting her, is forced to act. And I, and I thought that was just a neat idea. Now, I'm not going to lie. The Lazy Dungeon Master book suggests for some NPCs to think of actual character archetypes in, in other you know movies and media. I thought of Armand from Vampire, uh, Interview with a Vampire. He's not a major character. I, maybe nobody's really going to notice. I don't know. Or maybe you already, maybe you'll notice after you hear it. You'll have to let me know. But, uh, so he views himself as a babysitter and he definitely didn't want to create more vampires, but here he is. And now we're all just kind of figuring it out together. So essentially what I did was I created these characters. Uh, I'm still working on figuring out what information is going to be most useful for each character. Right now, I have a page dedicated to each NPC. It has their name, their actual age, how long ago they were made into vampires, their stats, their HP, their willpower. And then it has, and this is new. I've completely made this part uh, up, essentially. There's two lines. One line is a physical description. The next line is the description of their personality. Uh, and then after that will be a bunch of facts about their lives or their motivations or their history, things that I think is cool, things that get me excited about the character. And then those are each highlighted in different colors, either green, yellow, or red. Now, green is for something that those characters will volunteer freely, things that, that would come up in conversation naturally or that they would be happy to talk about without being particularly like provoked. Yellow is something that is a little bit under the surface, something you could glean from their demeanor or from other things said or from their actions, or that you could possibly persuade them to tell you if they feel close or you win a role or something like that. Red is something that they would prefer to keep secret and would not be freely divulged with, without some sort of successful role or near-death experience or something. All right. Uh, sorry if this one was all over the place. I'm still trying to figure out, you know, how exactly I want to format things. I know that my prep notes have been just basically a, a monologue or an internal monologue or a stream of consciousness, but maybe they'll get a little more structured as I move forward and figure out what I'm doing. I'd like to get to a point where I'm just explaining the things I prepare in more detail, so I'll, I'll keep at it. But thank you for listening, and see you in the next episode, which is the actual play, our first episode. <laughs>